it like a scar, but only strictly where I'm famous. I'm in this for the longest haul, like we'll see where it takes us. I'm throwing back these double shots like whiskey here is weightless. Cause, cause this career I chose was even riskier than Vegas, yo. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome to another Thursday night. This is a very, very special evening. I have an amazing guest uh, with us tonight that I can't wait to share with you. Um, truly, I came across her her inspirational books, and, and she's phenomenal. So we're going to get into that. Now, before we do, just a couple things that I want to go over. This Saturday at the Center is the Psychic Senses Workshop. So this is a beginner's workshop, right? If you're new to this or just want to tune into your own intuition, want to know how to work it, this is the workshop for you. We only have a couple spots left, so make sure you grab one of those. Then Sunday at the center is our our monthly service. So that's the spirit service. It's this Sunday at 1030 a.m. What's really great about this, we're going to have some giveaways and we have professional mediums delivering messages and a professional talk. And it's really, really fun. I'm sure most of you know about it already. But if you're in L.A., come come see us. Come hang out with us. It's just a $10 donation if you want. But like I said, we have some amazing, amazing giveaways. But I really want to get to our guest tonight because she she is really quite um, quite a package, I have to say. She's a best-selling author, two-time best-selling author. She wrote this book called The Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda. She'll pronounce it properly. <laughs> she also did a yogic path, um, which is an oracle deck. So I'm kind of very, very curious to hear about this. And she also did a book about how to eat for this um, Ayurveda. So she's going to talk about all of this. So she's going to explain what this is, what is your dharma, um, how do you lead a healthy life, how do you explore and find out and discover, and really becoming in tune with yourself. She does a lot of this on, on her own. She is a host of her own podcast. It's called the Higher Self Podcast, and it's number one in spirituality on iTunes with 11 uh, million downloads, which is pretty pretty darn impressive. Deepak Chopra loves her, as you can see. Um, and she really is about changing, not just changing the world, but changing the understanding, making sure we understand maybe these traditions or what's there, what's in what's in our, our fabric, and then bringing it to a way that we can all understand and bringing it to, to a Western world as well, which I'm truly grateful for. So what I want to do is please put your hands together and please welcome Sahara Rose. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's a Hi. pleasure to be here. Hi, Sahara. How are you? I am doing well. How are you shifting into the holiday season? Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe you can help us all with that. <laughs> <laughs> I need it too. <laughs> yeah. So now there's a couple things that, that I kind of want to talk about, if you don't mind. Um, Ayurveda, Ayurveda, pronounce it for me. Ayurveda. Ayurveda. Uh, what is this? Mm, yeah, so Ayurveda is the world's oldest health system, and it's the sister science of yoga based on the mind-body connection. So the purpose of Ayurveda is so we don't have physical and mental ailments that really hold us back from truly practicing yoga. And truly practicing yoga is not about 
doing a handstand or splits or downward dog, but the word yoga means to yoke. It means to become one with spirit, with universal source consciousness. But you're not going to be able to do that when you have digestive issues and your back hurts and you have all of these different issues showing up. So Ayurveda is essentially the predecessor of yoga, and it shows us how we can balance our mind and body so we can blossom into our highest selves. Oh, I love that. So basically, it's kind of prepping the mind body for yes. yoga in a way, right? Absolutely. Because, you know, so many of us, we have, I'm sure so many members of your community have these intuitive gifts and psychic gifts, but they have things that are holding them back from truly stepping into that. Maybe they don't feel comfortable in their bodies or they're experiencing anxiety or insomnia or depression, or uh, they've gained weight and they don't feel as energetic anymore. These are all things that are going to be holding you back from your soul's purpose. And deeper than that, those exact issues that are showing up for you are essentially the the points that you need to be looking at and they represent something that's going on so much deeper within so what do you think like so if I were to come to you and I say Sahara you know I've really been having these digestive issues what is your approach do you think that there's an emotional block that's creating it or do you think it's something physical how would Ayurveda help that Mm, yeah. So I would first ask you what the digestive issues are, because in Ayurveda, there's no one size fits all approach. The different ailments are going to be related to the different doshas, which are the archetypes, the energy types. So if you were suffering from bloating, gas, constipation, that means you have too much air in your system, which is vata. So I would give you suggestions to bring your vata, your air back into balance. If you had hyperacidity, inflammation, acid reflux, ulcers, that's related to too much fire, too much pitta. So I would give you suggestions just for that. So if you had, well, um, go ahead. I want to ask if you don't mind, because you mentioned dosha and then you're going into it. First of all, what's the dosha? And, and then what is, we have fire, air, and what? Yeah. So air was the first one that I had mentioned. Fire is the second one. And then the third one is earth. So the word dosha means energy. It's essentially an archetype. So we can see different digestive issues, different personality types, all sorts of everything in the lens of the doshas. Wow. And how did you learn about all of this? <laughs> Yeah, so I learned about it because I had to. Uh, I think most healers go into this type of field not because it's a sexy topic, but because <laughs> they needed the healing themselves. So for me, it started exactly because of that. When I was about 21 years old, my body went into perimenopause. So it started with really bad digestive issues to the point that I couldn't eat food without being in so much pain, led to hormonal imbalances. I got a blood test, no more hormones in my body at all, which led to early stage osteoporosis osteoporosis, losing a lot of hair, a lot of weight, and not getting my menstrual cycle for two years. Wow. So, yeah. So because of that and my body shutting down, I went to so many different kinds of doctors trying to figure out you know, what the root cause of it was. And every doctor just kept prescribing me different medications. And no doctor asked about the different, the different related so if I went to a gastroenterologist, they never asked me, how am I sleeping? If I went to an endocrinologist, they would never ask me, what am I eating? It was always very separate and intuitively something within me knew that there had to be a root cause that, you know, really brought all of this together, but I just didn't know what it was. So I just went 
to start studying different nutrition topics, signed up for a nutrition school. And in that I discovered Ayurveda, which I had heard about, been familiar with, you know, my grandmother used to put foods on her face, but I never really took it seriously. But it wasn't until I took a dosha quiz that I essentially got my answers and they were all in one category under Vata. And for the first time, I was able to see that my bloating gas constipation is related to my anxiety and insomnia, which is related to my gifts of being creative and thinking outside the box, but also starting a lot of projects and not finishing it. And it was like, Someone had read my autobiography back to me and all of these pieces of the puzzle were put together. And for the first time, I felt understood. Wow. So it's, yeah, it's kind of like, I'm, I bet you it was this moment of like light bulbs going off, right? And it, that you're not crazy. Was. <laughs> it was because... You know, in, in the Western world, doctors are just on such short time restrictions that most of them are like, okay, what's wrong with you? Okay, take this antidepressant, go. And this really allowed me to see that how interrelated the mind and the body are. And when I started to, you know, follow the different suggestions, first, very much starting with this physical health, I noticed that my personality shifted. I noticed that I was becoming more conscious about subtleties. And that led to a spiritual journey, which I believe that we have so many different entry points, whether it is health, physical body or meditation or something, but we're really all going to the same place. So Ayurveda is, a, is nutrition, all of that, but deep at its core, it's a spiritual practice. Wow. And then so so to fix it, like if we're going to fix it, right? Because that's how we are in the Western world, right? We're like, fix it. Um, is that just through diet? Is that primarily how, how you kind of get it in balance? It would be through different, different types of modalities. So for example, let's say you had anxiety, right? So anxiety would be mental. So we would say that's related to vata, too much air. When, you're, when your thoughts are moving, circulating too much, they turn into a tornado. And that's really what anxiety is. So we would say for meditation, do things that are more grounding. You know, maybe you shouldn't be astral projecting. Maybe you should be walking in earth and tuning into your body and really, you know, honing in. Because sometimes people who are very vatic and, and I'm sure you see this too, really leave their bodies and really be. And that's not what they need at this point. And then in terms of the body, you would eat more grounding food. So more root vegetables, more foods that grow under the earth. And this is going to connect you to that earth energy. And we would look at this in terms of the oils you put on your skin. You would put sesame oil because it's the most warming and grounding oil. It would have to do with the exercise practices you do. You wouldn't do lots of cardio and spinning. You would do more strength training, things that bring balance. So you would look at the opposite qualities of what you're experiencing. So if it's anxiety and restlessness, you would look for more warming and grounding and have that in all areas of your life. Oh, I love that. And then so you you wrote a cookbook for this, right? Yes, yes. Eat Feel Fresh. And this is all based on these principles. Am I right? Yes, it takes Ayurveda into a modern lens because what I came across from studying Ayurveda, so after I discovered Ayurveda, I, I had been traveling back and forth to India. I ended up staying there for two years studying Ayurveda, but I realized that so much of it was written for thousands of years ago, like before they had refrigerators, before they had really busy schedules. So a lot of the things they said, for example, that you must 
cook food and eat it instantly. You cannot store it for more than three hours or you can't eat any kind of mushrooms and all of these different things. I really looked at it from today's perspective and understood why and how it did make sense for that time, but how it might not make sense for today and how our population has shifted. I mean, there's more GMOs and pesticides and all of these these chemicals that we are exposed to today that we weren't in ancient times. So I took ancient Ayurvedic principles and guidelines in a modern approach and also brought in recipes and ingredients from around the world that you could still eat according to Ayurveda. Oh, I love that. Now, when you when you do this, do you cook yourself? Do you practice this? <laughs> Yeah. So I, I went to culinary school. Ooh. I was yeah very into cooking, but you know, today with my busy schedule, it is not always easy for me. So that's why I really made the cookbook to be super easy. Things that you can meal prep. I always say have a six taste goal. So a six taste incorporates the six tastes of Ayurveda that we all need every day, which are sweet, sour, salty, bitter, pungent, and astringent. So if you just have your, your quinoa and your legumes and your roasted vegetables and you know, all of these different tastes pre-prepared, then anytime you're hungry, you can just kind of throw together a bowl without actually having to cook something from scratch. I love maybe your maybe one of your next endeavors is to create a meal program that people can purchase and it's Ayurveda. Perhaps. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So we will take some callers. Listen, you guys, if you get through tonight at 310 nine nine seven four nine six six our questions tonight are going to be around this ayurveda like your health your digestion maybe that anxiety and sahara is going to kind of help with that maybe tell you which book might be the best option for you or maybe kind of some of those triggers that she's just known so these are not psychic or intuitive readings so make sure you know that don't ask me to connect to your grandma <laughs> Um, because what we are going to do is really get down to the bottom of this. We're going to really kind of hone in on what is happening because we all kind of experience this. Don't you feel Sahara? Absolutely. And the things that we're experiencing are just invitations for us to go deeper into whatever it is, which will help us spiritually. Yeah. And then, so now what about a yogic path? This is your Oracle deck. Tell me about this. Yeah. So I have been fascinated by the Vedas for the past 10 years, and I realized that so many people found it really inaccessible, confusing, especially because a lot of the words are in Sanskrit. And I wanted a way for people to use their intuition while bringing these Vedic terminologies to practice. So when I was in India doing the photos for my last book, the download came through of all 54 cards, 108 meanings, which is a very auspicious number in the Vedas. So they represent the Yoga Sutras, Ayurveda, the chakra system, and the different goddesses. So we have Durga and Kali and Saraswati which are all aspects of the divine feminine. So you could be using these oracle cards while kind of bringing these ancient Vedic rituals into your life. Oh, fascinating. So do you think this is something people could pull a card daily if they wanted to? Absolutely. I use mine every single day. And, you know, with especially with the goddesses and with Ayurveda, it it's different energies within us. So we're all, all of the doshas. We're all, all of the goddesses, but maybe you have a season that's a little bit more, you know, laid back and self-care oriented and really going inward. So that would be related to the kapha dosha, the earth dosha, which is really the dosha of, you know, 
nurturing and motherly vibes, that kind of energy, which would also be related to the goddess Lakshmi, who is the goddess of abundance and fertility and wealth and luck. So we can see these, these similarities between the doshas and the goddesses, and then also how they're changing how a sister goddess might be Durga, who's the warrior goddess, who's related to Pitta, the fire energy, or Saraswati, who is the creative goddess, who's related to the Vata dosha of creativity as well. So you're able to see these beautiful parallels and how your energy is ebbing and flowing between all of the doshas. Oh, I like it. So what is a dosha? Can you just explain what a dosha is? Yeah, so dosha means energy. So it's an energy type, an archetype. Okay, so it's just an archetype. If someone's saying, hey, what's my dosha? What's my energy? What energy am I giving out? Or what's the, um, almost like, and maybe I'm wrong, so just help me here. But if I say, hey, this is my astrological sign and my sun is rising and my moon, is it kind of like that, that combination that makes me me? Yes, exactly. Okay. So you're born with a unique set of all three doshas. You may be born primarily pitta, secondarily vata, lastly kapha, or any other combination. Some are very strong in just one. Like you might have a lot of planets in just Capricorn and not a lot in others, whereas some might be kind of more balanced between the three. So we're each born with a unique set of these three doshas, and that's called our prakriti, our natural born constitution. However, life can, you know, throw us curveball so you might change your diet stress levels environment even having children will change your doshas having you know just a really busy season in your life the seasonal changes that even shifts your dosha so the purpose of ayurveda is to go back to how you naturally were so if you meet someone can you tell what their dosha is when you meet them or do they need to take your quiz yeah so you can tell from a series of different things, but it's not entirely accurate until you ask them questions or do a pulse analysis. So for example, if we were just looking at someone like me, let's pick me. Yeah. (laughs) So I'll have to go on the Facebook to, um, to see you. So someone who is born more Vata, they typically who are born that way have longer faces. So think okay. Steve Jobs, Ashton Kutcher, Natalie Portman, they tend to have a harder time gaining weight. They tend to have that like long angular body. So again, we can think of the ballerina, the marathon runner, people who are ectomorphs, right? So they're, they're more of that scrawny personality type. They tend to talk fast. They tend to look around fast. They might have just a, a more nervous energy to them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So those tend to be people who are more vata. You might have a vata imbalance from it being very cold or from just eating a lot of raw cold foods like what I did or from, you know, many sorts of things. But some people who are born that way will show up with those characteristics. Someone who's born more pitta tends to have more angles, more, more of a strong body. So they're their face shape would have like a strong jawline. So if you think of Jennifer Aniston, Madonna, Brad Pitt, they have that that strong, almost like athletic kind of energy to them. That's more me and my jawline. Mm-hmm. I have a strong yes. jawline. Yes. That, so that's your <laughs> that's your pitta coming through. And I don't know if this resonates for you, but they tend to have an easy time gaining muscle. Like they work Oh yeah, out I do. They get muscle. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. the pitta. So you definitely were born with a lot more pitta in you. Um, And then the third one, kapha, they tend to have rounder faces, softer features, baby-like features. So if you think of Oprah, 
If you think of Eckhart Tolle, if you think of Robin Williams, these are very kapha type, like a softer energy. And then physically, they tend to just hold on to more body weight, have just more curvy, less angular bodies. So again, we can go through imbalances. You might have a period that you've gained weight and you might think, oh, I'm kapha, but you might just have a kapha imbalance, but you might not have been naturally born that way. Oh, Yeah. So you can have an imbalance of any of them. And if you take my quiz, for example, and you see your highest in one dosha, that's the one that you're going to work on. But as you work on bringing that back into balance, your natural dosha will just show up. Oh, that's so now your belief, I think, is that when your dosha is in balance, that's really when you're in alignment for your life purpose. Yes, exactly. So your dosha is essentially the gifts that you were born with. You know, the universe in, in, in the Vedic perspective is that each of us was born with a soul purpose here. And we were all here to raise consciousness. But the way that one person does it is going to be different than the way that another person does it. So we were each born with these set of gifts and we can see them in our dosha. So those of us who are born more vata, we are creative. We think outside the box. We have this bird's eye perspective on things. Going back to Steve Jobs, very Vata personality. He was able to foresee a world where we had these rectangular shaped devices that controlled our lives. And that was so Vata of him. We also know that he was a raw vegan. He named it apple after the apple. We know that he left society and was meditating in the Himalayas, very Vata. They, they like to travel. They like to move. They like to do really interesting things. So we could see that he was living in alignment with his Dharma. He was creating something. He was taking something from the cosmos and channeling it down to earth. But we could also see that maybe he struggled with being grounded, having good relationships and connections to people, which is more related to the earth dosha oh interesting yes and then we can see like tony robbins is very pitta so his he's living in alignment with his dharma that he's bringing people up he's he's fiery he's clapping he's he's shaking and he's making everyone feel more pitta too you can make your dreams happen nothing's gonna stop you do your power (laughs) pose walk on fire like he's literally teaching us to be pitta we can see he's strong he's angular he has this like masculine presence to him super pitta living in alignment and then we could see those who are more kapha going back to oprah why do we love oprah so much not because she gave a riveting speech or she created something but because she could just sit and hold space and listen. Yeah. Which is the hardest thing sometimes to do. And she could just ask a question and take you so much deeper into yourself because she honors the sacred pause. And that is something that, you know, if I did the whole interview like this, <laughs> how would you feel? Tired, probably. <laughs> yeah, it might make you feel tired. Relaxed, like some, relaxed. Yes, <laughs> some people feel really relaxed and others feel like restless and, and angsty. Like, oh my God, we need to go faster. I went to an Eckhart Tolle um, presentation and there was more pauses than there were words. And he's like, <laughs> oh, you awake oh yeah (laughs) and like half the people were loving it and half the people were like oh my god i need to get out of here and that's like our relationship with with the kapha with the sacred pause and these people are meant to be you know the the people in society that just like hold us down and and 
remind us to stay grounded and stay anchored and connected to our truth. So if we think, you know, many spiritual teachers like Ama, Ama the hugging saint is like the ultimate kapha. We love her because just her hug and her, her nurturing presence is enough to heal people. I love that. Yeah, this is so fantastic. Um, now, we you ready to take a caller or two on air? Absolutely, yeah. So again, you guys, if you're going to call through, let's just find out maybe if, if there's something going on or anxiety, and we're going to talk about this Pitta, and uh, we're going to have Sahar kind of give us some insight on it, because I, I do, I believe this is phenomenally powerful. And uh, let's do it. So we have a caller, what, 573... Hey, 573, you're on the air with Sahara and Colby. Who is this? Samantha. Hey, Samantha. How you doing, honey? I'm good. How are you? We are well. What What's your question for Sahara tonight? Um, well, I just actually tuned in, so I'm kind of, uh, I don't know. I've got a lot of things going on financially and... So if there's finances, so tonight we have Sahara on. So she's going to talk about doshas and energies and things like that. Sahara, if someone has financial stress or financial worries, is that connected to dosha? And if so, how, where, and what can someone do about it? Yes, yes, of course. I love this topic, actually, because we can even see our relationship with money in the lens of the doshas. So if we're someone that money kind of easily comes and goes, we don't really know how much we spent. We don't like to look at our bank statements. It kind of feels heavy and icky and, you know, bringing down our vibe. That's a very Vata relationship with money. So we could look at Michael Jackson as an example of this. You know, he made so much money over his lifetime, but he died in millions of dollars of of debt because he didn't have that grounded relationship with money. He was just kind of letting it come and go and not able to hold onto things. If we have a more pitta relationship with money, that's going to be the person who like every week is in their bank account. They have a spreadsheet. They know exactly what's going in and out. They have their, their budget so they can be very organized. Right. But the other side of it is maybe they have a hard time spending on, you know, something that matters to them, something that's just going to bring more fun or ease into their lives. They can be a little bit too analytical with money and not enough and just realizing that money is here to bring you pleasure and the things that you want. Okay. And yeah, and then a coffer relationship with money is more holding on to things and spending on things like candles and and things that bring a lot of comfort and joy but maybe not investing in yourself so you might feel like i don't know where my money went i spent it on other people i was buying them gifts and i i spent on all these things and then when it comes to you there seems to not be enough money left especially when it's something that could advance your career or take you to the next level that's when the excuses show up but when it's for someone else you might easily spend so i would ask you samantha what dosha do you feel like your relationship with money is yeah what kind of personality are you with it are you buying other people or are you spending it where you don't remember you spent it or are you super analytical with your spreadsheet <laughs> i'm pretty i'm pretty analytical with my with my are money, you so. oh good job <laughs> are you okay now i'm just curious have you had unexpected things come up then or is it just that, that um well, I'm a newly single mom. My daughter just turned a year old. Um, she's my she's my miracle. I was never supposed to have kids. So uh, that on top of temporary layoffs is just been it's it's been financially uh, difficult. 
but we're going to make it. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you're clearly, listen, you don't have a miracle baby and then not make it, okay, Samantha? So, you know, you, you know I mean, <laughs> right. listen, it don't work like that. But Sahar, like, if someone is like her, like, so if she's, you know, she's, analytical she's got her spreadsheets like she's responsible right isn't that kind of the responsible person right the one with the spreadsheet <laughs> absolutely right. and the type of person that most people want to hire right so then what is that maybe is that you know what do, what do you i mean i could tune in it to, psychically but what do you think on a dosha level like what would that lesson be like why would this happen do you think I think it could happen because maybe the job you were at didn't totally value you for who you were and you weren't using your strengths at the highest ability. And this is an invitation for you to really look at yourself. And, you know, you just had this baby, you're starting a new chapter in your life. 2020 is happening. Yeah. How do you want to use these gifts and using all of the skills that maybe you've learned working for someone else? Maybe it's time for you to create that business that you've been waiting for or, or to join a company that's more in alignment with who you are yeah there you go samantha what were you I, doing before sweetheart um actually i, I do uh it's called I, I do outdoor hospitality in a nutshell <laughs> that's really yeah so you know why not have your own company where you're doing it and you know obviously you're organized with the finances so you could probably organize and run it so maybe it was time to stop working for someone else and start working for yourself so that you have the flexibility of the schedule okay yeah, you see that? Yeah, yeah. You gotta know you. Can, you gotta know you can do it. And I know Very you're true. new, <laughs> newly single, so there's a relationship thing there. And I, I know it's a whole new world. Um, but Sahara's right. I mean, you're going into 2020. This is clear vision, right? This is clarity. That's so right. what? Just, just know this, okay, honey. What was no longer serving your higher good? Spirit has released that from you to give you a clean slate, a fresh start. That's exactly what your baby girl is for, too, right? Yes. Did you say it was a baby girl? Yes. <laughs> or did I make yes. her a baby girl? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I said it or not, but she is a baby girl, but, yes. But we have a girl. There you go. So, you know, use this, yes. kind of restock it. But, you know, maybe grab those books that Sahara has because there's probably, you know, a lot of information in them that are going to help direct you to understand what you can do. And then how do you – because remember, too, although you're stressed and you're going through all this, you got to kind of remember to fill your tank, too. Okay, honey? Most definitely. All Thank right. you. You're welcome. You have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. So, so Hari, you know, that's a great point, right? So this isn't, it's not just our eating. This is our financial and this is our mental state and things that come up for us, right? Absolutely. Even our relationships, our ability to communicate with others, our ability to launch a business, all of these things can be viewed in the lens of the doshas. Wow, this is this is just fascinating. Now, you you did you kind of took us back to your own issues. Have you been able to heal yourself, or is it an ongoing process? I mean, how does it work practically in a realistic circumstance for people? Yeah, it it come. Oh, <laughs> <my dog. laughs> um, so yeah, it completely healed. A hundred percent. So the first thing that I noticed within a week of eating more Ayurvedically was that I no longer felt as anxious. You know, okay. I've only been inside my own thoughts. So I didn't realize that constantly overthinking, worrying, stressing, like 
wasn't normal. So when I shifted, so I was eating a mostly raw vegan diet before. And when I shifted into eating more warm, cooked, grounded foods, I felt more stability, more anchoring, just more connected with myself and, and who I am and what I wanted. So that led to me actually executing the visions that I had. You know, I used to have so many ideas and not do them. So it led to me having more drive, more ambition. And that led to eventually my hormones coming back into balance. So it was this beautiful ebb and flow of body and mind and body and mind just like releasing and expanding. And every element of me shifted. I mean, even the person that I am all aspects of my personality shifted and expanded into who I truly was. So I wasn't operating from my shadow side anymore, but really operating from my highest self and who who I was meant to be and how I was meant to serve in this world. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Now, what about um, I'm just kind of curious, just kind of picking your brain a little bit here. So for me, I can't eat any legumes like so imagine this no legumes and I don't eat meat. I, I only eat fish, but no no meat. So then if you have your cookbook, then how does someone adapt to kind of those limitations or restrictions? So for example, if you can't eat any legume, which is really common in today's world, a lot of us have SIBO, candida, all sorts of digestive issues. And, you know, previously when people were eating legumes, they were preparing them in a totally different way. So they were soaking them overnight and essentially fermenting them, sprouting them. So it was much easier to digest. Whereas today, most of us get canned beans, which is hard for anyone to break down. So even just taking legumes totally out, if you eat fish, I don't know how many days a week you have that, but that could be instead of the astringent category, which might be lentils or chickpeas, you might do fish. I don't know if you eat eggs or um, what kind of proteins do you typically eat? Fish, sushi, if I'm going to be specific, raw fish. <laughs> and do you have that every day? Mm, probably about four times a week. Okay. So I would actually <laughs> just get tested for parasites because raw fish is like the highest in parasites because they can live very easily in there. Typically, they recommend only having fish, especially raw fish, like twice a week. Okay. And with, with the mercury levels too, we just you – know, know our oceans are just so much dirtier than they used to be so maybe if you do want to have fish having more of those smaller food chain fishes so i don't know if you like it or not it takes some people to get used to but the sardines and the anchovies because that has a much lower mercury load and it's cooked so it doesn't have that same uh parasitic side effect as that raw fish would have okay okay so that's yeah that's that's what i'm saying so like all of this, so as you took your own journey, we're almost done if you can even believe it, but as you took your own journey, you said, hey, I'm having these issues myself. I need to find an answer. So you kind of went on this quest. Um, and then you realized that there was a lot of information from history, from our traditions, that you could see how this could work and apply to you. And during this journey, other than kind of rebalancing your physical self, you seem to have found your own dosha, your own life purpose, right? Yes, absolutely. And now what you do now is you you have your podcast, you're an author, you mentioned working on a third book, my goodness. Um, but you also have this group, right, that you kind of run and help people. Tell me, tell us about this, if you don't mind. 
Yes. So what I realized in just going through my own spiritual journey, and I'm sure many listeners can relate, is that the path can be very lonely. And you have all these questions, you're experiencing things, maybe it's like clairsentience or audience or or just wanting to know, wanting to connect to your spirit guides or ancestors, whatever it is, and then making a life out of that. How do I create a business in alignment with my with my truth? How do I explain this to my husband? And I had so many of these questions and I really longed for a community and it wasn't until I found a community that it was able, I was able to catapult all of that and bring everything together. So I created a community called Rose Gold Goddesses, which is for, you know, spiritually minded women to come together to discuss these things from understanding their dharma, their soul's purpose to tantra and sacred sexuality to creating a business in alignment with your truth and really to come together with other women who are on that same mission to support each each other so that's called rose gold goddesses and we're opening doors again in january oh i love it so how long is that program it is a membership so you can come in and out as long as you'd like it's just a monthly fee oh that's fantastic and then that's uh people can sign up right on your website right i am sahara.com Yes. So I am saharrose.com and that's a good place to start, which has my dosha quiz. So if you're curious about these doshas, you want to learn more, which dosha am I? If you just go on, I am saharrose.com right on top, there's a dosha quiz. And when you got the results, it breaks it down into the doshas in your mind and in your body. So you're able to see, okay, maybe I'm more vata in my mind. I have more of that restlessness, that creativity, but maybe my, my body is going through a kapha imbalance. And then it gives you video suggestions for each one. Yeah. I, I took that quiz. It was it's so interesting. I love how it's so easy for the person at home to kind of understand, okay, I take this and then my results. Like <laughs> and then it's really it's really fascinating and broken down. So anybody out there, if you like you want to learn about yourself um, and kind of see how that mind, body, spirit really comes together, right? Whether your physical body and then your mental state, it's actually a very, very helpful quiz. Did you get Pitta? What were your results? Mine, um, from what I can remember, I definitely was Pitta. And then uh, Veda, is it called again? Vata. Yes. Vata. So Vata and Pitta. And then the other, the Kapha was <laughs> probably low. But my Pitta and my Veda were very, very strong. Yes. And that, you know, you're doing your Dharma in that way. You know, that Vata is your ability to tap into the cosmos, to really see the unseen. Vata is like, intuition, spirituality, cosmic understanding. But that pitta is what allows you to just give that like no bullshit advice. Like yeah. this is what it is. <laughs> I'm going to give it straight to you. And, you know, because some people, especially psychics, mediums can be very airy, yeah. very woo. And it's almost like, how do, how do I make sense of this? But that pittaness that your soul chose is like, no, I want to make this accessible and relatable for people and help them take action so they can make sense of all of these things that are happening to them and improve their lives today. So you are hundred percent living in alignment with your dharma well thank you yeah and that is that definitely was i mean i remember when i first started thinking oh i don't fit like everyone else i don't fit like this isn't gonna work and i was like well it is me <laughs> but it's working it's working and we all have that and i think how wonderful you know don't you feel excited that you found your dharma that you found you know what you're meant to do like doesn't that feel really empowering it does and i think so many any of us, we, we think, oh, well, you know, the meaning of life is just to be happy. And 
happiness is a byproduct of living in alignment with your purpose. Purpose is something that is so much greater, so much more expensive. At times, living in alignment with your purpose is going to feel scary. It's going to feel, you know, like the last thing that you want to step into because it's expanding you into this cosmic level. But once you do, you experience the ultimate level of bliss, which is every day knowing that you are impacting the world in the only way that you can. And for once you've experienced that, there's no going back. And your Dharma is not just one career. It's not just like, okay, I discovered my Dharma. Like that's it. This is just all I'm going to do forever. <laughs> it's just you operating in your soul's frequency. So that may manifest into different careers throughout your life. Maybe your Dharma is to bring beauty to this world. Yeah. So you might be a hairstylist and then a graphic designer and then an interior de designer and then an event planner. But Red thread between all of that was you were bringing beauty into this world. So I think we beat ourselves up. We're like, oh my God, why do I keep changing? Like, why, why can't I just stick to one thing? And not all of us were meant to just do one thing. Some of us were meant to shift and flow, but you'll always see whatever it was, whether, whether it's uh, bringing women together or connecting with people one-on-one -on -one or whatever that dharma is, it's going to show up in anything you do. And that's really interesting. I mean, very honestly, very few people um, only have one thing that they've done, right? There, there's a lot, very successful people normally have done a few different things uh, on their journey to get to the point. And some of that we needed, some of the, you know, unfortunately, you know, you had those health issues, but they were needed. Like, as sad as it is to kind of have to experience them, they were needed to help you understand. So so for your guides to get you to sort out how to help the world. <laughs> exactly. They, they were gifted to me because I needed the experience firsthand. But even before that, I always knew I wanted to help people. Yeah. So I thought to help people, I have to be a human rights lawyer. Or I have to be a therapist because those are just the options that are shown to you, you know, and whereas the, the ways that we can create careers today are, you know, unlike any that any guidance counselor could have predicted. So we were born knowing the soul's purpose, but we forget. Yes. And we, we have to agree to this forgetting because it's in that that journey of remembering. That's when you get the courage to really stand up into your dharma. Yes, yes. Well, I have to tell you, it's been absolutely amazing having you on tonight and such a joy. And I really appreciated everything that you've shared with us. Um, for anyone out there, listen, you got to get these books. Uh, they're all on Amazon. I've, I was able to kind of grab them all on Amazon really easily. So we have Ayurveda, Eat, Feel, Fresh, and then we have the Yogic Path. That's their Oracle deck. You can pull a card each morning <laughs> um, and really help. And then um, are you allowed, Sahara, to just any, any little bit about that third one? Any little tasty taste? Oh, of course. It's called Discover Your Dharma. Yeah. It's all about finding your soul's <laughs> purpose. So that's, you know, that was the big, the big obstacle I had, I grew up in a really, you know, traditional family that was like, no, you have to do this and get married and do all these things. So I really had to, you know, figure it out on my own. And I've seen so many women, especially right now with this shift of consciousness, they want to live in alignment with their truth and they won't settle for anything less. So that's exactly what the book's about. Oh, perfect and perfect timing. Uh, I, I can't wait. We're going to have to have you back on when you release that book. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Well, that's listen, wonderful. everybody, make sure you hit her up. I am Sahara Rose.com. 
Follow her on Facebook. Subscribe to that beautiful, beautiful podcast, Highest Self. And, you know, Sahara, again, I, I want to thank you for taking the time, for being with us tonight, um, for sharing your wisdom and your experience and, and, and that vulnerability to say, hey, I went through this too. So thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for having me and for the work that you are doing, bringing this intuitive wisdom to the hands of so many women and helping put spirit back into our power. So thank you for being that guide. Well, thank you. Thank you. Lots of love and you have a great night. Give that baby some kisses and some extra goodies tonight. <laughs> bye bye. Thank you for listening to The Colby Rebel Show. Be sure to follow Colby on social media at Psychic Rebel. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please head on over to iTunes to leave a review to help Colby grow the tribe. Colby is an international psychic medium, teacher, best-selling author, and speaker. She is a master teacher of the Lisa Williams International School of Spiritual Development and is the owner of the Colby Rebel Spirit Center in Los Angeles. Visit colbyrebel.com.